Welcome to the Clear Skin Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey to uncover the secrets of achieving glowing, acne-free skin. We believe that knowledge is power, and by understanding the root causes of your acne, we can create a solid foundation for long-lasting clear skin. I'm Katie Stewart, registered holistic nutritionist and founder of The Clear Skin Solution, where we help women just like you get to the root cause of their acne. And I'm Chris Brown, registered holistic nutritionist and program director in The Clear Skin Solution. Through functional testing, we pinpoint where the body system imbalances lie so we can dive deep into your acne clearing journey. We work virtually with clients to clear up their skin from the inside out and have helped thousands of women worldwide regain their confidence. I would say, Chris, one of the things that is most often overlooked for acne sufferers would definitely be blood sugar, right? Because everybody knows about hormones, of course, they get all all the limelight, and then they know about liver and the gut. Like those are pretty popular things that are talked about, you know, on social media. But blood sugar is such a critical component that can often be overlooked because it's hard to really grasp that link between how can, you know, my blood sugar, isn't that just for di- for diabetics? Like only diabetics need to know these things. But no, if you're dealing with acne, this is actually one of the first things alongside digestion. Digestion and blood sugar are the two things that we first work with clients in the Clear Skin Solution. Absolutely. I would even go back and say blood sugar instability is mm-hmm. one of the leading causes to all inflammation. So no matter what, somebody has an ongoing disease, illness, disorder, this is huge. When it comes to acne, this is just like a Chinese buffet, you know? Of all the things. Go to the Mandarin and you're like, all the things. Yeah. It's just like, oh, what do I have? What do I get? What do I get? let's kind of go through what we're chatting about today. First, of course, we're going to talk about what is blood sugar. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about how your blood sugar gets impacted how that then leads to acne, and then how we can be supporting it to help clear up your skin. And we're also going to be weaving in some traditional Chinese medicine because we're a really big fan of traditional Chinese medicine over on the Clear Skin Solution. Both Chris and I have utilized it ourselves, working with TCM practitioners over the years. And it is a 5,000-year-old healing system from China, of course. So I love when we're really able to bring in that Eastern medicine into the holistic practices. I love it. Let's do it. All right. So Chris, I'm going to let you go into teacher mode as you love to do. And let's talk, what is blood sugar? Explain it to the class for us. <laughs> Can you preempt me on this? Like you always go in with these beautiful segues and I'm like, ah, uh, and then I'm like, oh, I got to talk. <laughs> well, this is my t- my TV skills coming into play. <laughs> okay. So we can look at blood sugar as an insulin resistance through the diabetic. It's a metabolic syndrome. It doesn't always have to be an insulin resistance in the sense where, you know, people, as soon as we say that, what do they think? They're sticking a needle like into their tummy and putting in the insulin. It doesn't mean that. Blood sugar is maintaining normal blood sugar levels. It's to to get that homeostasis, that balance. And there's not just like food. When we think, okay, I eat a cookie, that's going to spike up my blood sugar. But when we have stress, there's a correlation between cortisol and insulin that is also going to. So, I mean, in all honesty, how many research papers could we go through where we can see chronic disorders and blood sugar? Tons. Tons. It's like everything. What are we talking? Fatigue, loss of vision. 
like that. I know if people go, well, that's a diabetic thing, Chris. Uh Uh-uh. If you don't have stabilized blood sugar, one of the things is you can have your vision go off or your focus go in and out, arterial damage, weight gain. A lot of our clients will say, oh, you know what? I've lost weight and I wasn't meaning to, but oh, that's great. Because once you've reduced the trigger and the impact, we have that. So elevated blood sugar levels, if they are, let's say, extended periods of time, that is what pushes people into that pre-diabetic or that type 2 diabetes. So it's the inability for the body to regulate, and it just kind of stays on this high and then comes down into the crash, and I'll explain that after. So we're not talking about diabetes or even type 1 or type 2 diabetes right now. We're just talking about what we call like the hypoglycemia or the hyperglycemia, either too little or too much sugar into the bloodstream and how the body has to go through that. Anyways, in extreme cases, elevated blood sugar, I mean, let's be honest, strokes, amputations, coma, death, like that just went decrepit pretty quick, right? (laughs) I was like, that got real dark real quick. Anyways, let me summarize this nicely. In very severe cases, it's not like the, you know, don't be stressed like, oh my God, am I going to lose a limb this afternoon because my blood sugar's off? (laughs) Not, not, no. no. (laughs) I can almost guarantee no. I just want to show you the severity of how Mm -hmm. the body needs to regulate the sugar. Glucose is the very first energy. So ATP is the energy that we perform. So we need, so we're not saying come off sugar. We're not saying stop it, but it has a detrimental effect to the brain. Alzheimer's has been linked to type 3 diabetes. That's the new the new thing. So blood sugar, really, it, it's raised by glucose, and that's the sugar we get from foods, whether it's an apple or a cookie. Either way, it's going to come in. So we're looking at carbohydrates at this point because carbohydrates have sugar. We need to also watch not just added sugar. So when you come into the Clear Skin Solution, we really look at processed food because, Katie, what's one of the number one ingredients or how it breaks down in the body is what? Sugar. So not only is the processed food have sugar in it, but it's very heavy in refined carbohydrates. White sugar is a refined carbohydrate. You know, the potato, the what's the word I'm trying to get for? Flowers, sorry. Flowers. <laughs> you, can, you can tell that I'm still lingering from my, my Christmas delay. So the different types of flowers that have been heavily processed, those become refined carbohydrates. So these refined carbohydrates are going to be having a big impact on your blood sugar by spiking them. Right. So now that we know that, and we know that cortisol, so long-term stress equals inflammation, so that can play detrimental high and low blood sugar. We know that the foods we eat can do high blood sugar. This is why we're really big on the protein, fat, and fiber, and we don't say carbohydrates. It's because that helps balance the blood sugar. So we're not going to all run out and buy glucose monitors. In Canada, they're super expensive. In the States, you know what? Not so much. In the States, I mean they get things like pretty accessible, right? Like their healthcare system really tries. I would say really tries. So we might have American clients that say, no, Chris, you're wrong there. But <laughs> compared to what we have, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And, and that's uh, something I'm glad you brought up the blood sugar monitor because it, you don't need to be diabetic to use a blood sugar monitor. You know, you'll see a lot of nutritionists in the social media world. They've gotten them to see how their body reacts to different foods. You know, I've, I've actually been wanting to get one for a few years because I'm curious on how my blood sugar is reacting to what I'm eating. So you, 
again, if you wanted to do this, whether you're in Canada, US, international, you could get a uh, continuous blood sugar uh, monitor that you jab into your arm. So you just got to be okay for the little jab there. And you can really see how your body's getting impacted where you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize when I ate X, Y, and Z, it was causing my blood sugar to go on a roller coaster ride. And that can, again, give you a little bit more understanding of what's going on. Is it a necessity? No. More of like a, a kind of cool thing to do if, if you feel like it. It is pretty cool. I Have you done it? I can't do it because I would <clears throat> obsess over the data. You know that. Yeah, I you would, would be turn like, into like <laughs> I would be like to the kids in the morning as they're getting ready for school and they start bitsing with one another. I'd be like, oh, my blood pressure glucose monitor is elevated. Your blood sugar. <laughs> or sorry, yeah, your well, blood sugar. And my blood, well, my blood pressure too, right? Your so, blood pressure would be rising. Exactly. So as your blood pressure does rise, that's that, that's a similar stimulus. So as my blood glu- I would be like, come look at the numbers. And I I know I couldn't. I don't know that I could. I mean, I want to. But I have to wait till the children leave the house for an accurate reading, I think. <laughs> so. Until they're off at school. But l- let's talk quickly, if you don't mind. Let's go into this. Like high and low blood sugar has some pretty big significant signs. Yes. Yeah, so, that's what I wanted to go to next. Because if, you know, one, if it's not in the budget to go get the glucose monitor, they don't last forever. They do have no. a lifespan. So don't think it's like you're going to do this this month and next month. No, it has a very short lifespan. It collects the data and away we go. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we're trying to see about the high highs, the low lows, the normals, wherever it is, we're just trying to manage those blood sugar. Yeah. We have to look at things like, does somebody have chronic fatigue or chronic fatigue syndrome, low energy? Mm-hmm. Hello, two, three o'clock. Are you ready for a nap? Right? Okay, so let's go through the symptoms. And it's kind of neat because there are isolated symptoms p- for hypo and hyperglycemia, so higher or low blood sugar. However, they tend to create the same overlapping. What am I trying to say here? The same overlapping. Uh, Some similarities. Yeah, similarities. Exactly. So fatigue, chronic fatigue, low energy. Who's ready for a coffee or some kind of sugar at between two and three in the afternoon? Mm-hmm. This is a major sign. Or who wants this right after they've eaten these types of things? Like, can we can we balance it out depending on what we ate? Sugar and carb cravings. Even alcohol, I'm going to throw in there. We never, yeah. we never get friends. Never get friends when we no. say alcohol. <laughs> we never make friends on that one. Another neat one is excessive thirst. And I'll get more mm-hmm. into this That's for the hyper. This is like for the hyperglycemia, right? It's that excessive hunger, that excessive thirst. We can see sometimes with both. And that's what I said. Like it's, it's neat with where, yes, I totally agree with that. The reason why I'm not actually isolating at all is because what I find with clients is they're like, oh, I only have two here, but there's three here, but this is under hypo and this is hyper, so which am I? Right? Because it's the fluctuation all the time. But excessive thirst can also be biounavailable calcium that is part of this. So calcium does play a role along with magnesium in, of course, I have to talk minerals, so let me just go there. Sorry. I'll let you you, you I'll wake you up when I'm done. <laughs> so, calcium and magnesium, one stimulates and one represses. So, that's how 
that works. That's as far as I go. So we can get weight fluctuations, weight, even loss. So don't always think you're holding on to the weight. You can lose it. Increase urination. Nobody likes to pee a lot. But the excessive thirst and the increased urination, that's correlated to acne because one, it's the kidneys. Two, it's blood filtering. Think about blood glucose. That's where the sugars are going to go. And it can also, which we'll get into later, be like a yin deficiency. So that's something we have to look at. Mood swings, nervousness. What about jitter? Mm -hmm. The jitters? Mm -hmm. Hyper, hypo, doesn't really matter. Listen, you're going to be – this is where my friend Hangry comes in. Good old Hangry. Yeah. Her name is Hangry, and uh, I refer to – I thought you were going to say her name is Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for the – and her name is Katie. I'm going to say Hangry Stewart. No, it's okay. (laughs) That was my alter ego. My last name is Brown, but my family's is Craig, so I call her Hangry Craig because, of course, I'm disassociating myself from her. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But I even identify her as a female because, I mean, nobody likes a a hangry female. No, no. When you get a hangry wife on your hands, that's that's a recipe for disaster. I can deal right with hangry men, hangry females. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Happen- I, I'm I'm not pleasant when I'm hangry. My husband's like, Have you, "Can you eat something, please?" Saturday, like, eat anything. Me and my middle daughter, we were exporting children, importing children. That's what we do now. Okay. And uh, her, she was a bit ragey, and she is the nice she's a Pisces, so it doesn't really matter. Until you really rev her engine, she doesn't care. She's just in the back seat doing one-liners to make everybody upset. Now I'm getting upset. And for some reason, I'm angry. And we both get home and we start eating. And then all of a sudden, we both climatize. And I looked at her and I'm like, oh. Oh, we were hungry. It says hangry gone. She goes, yeah, okay, me too, right? But that's a big blood sugar instability because we hadn't eaten. We were rushed. So we put ourselves into mm-hmm. a fasting. And we didn't have any glucose left. Okay. So blurred vision or worsened vision, right? Goes in and out, slow skin, wound healing. And what about those acne marks? Mm-hmm. Right? Are they taking forever? What about dryness? All of these uh, frequent infections. Uh, what's another one? Hold on. Tension headaches. Headaches. Oh, headaches. oh yeah. tension headaches. headaches especially sweating. like the bands around the head. Did, yep. Sweating for Dizziness. sure. Oh, yeah. I'll get dizzy if, if, I, if, I, if I've missed a meal and my blood sugar is kind of not happy with me. I'll, I'll get d- dizzy is one for me, aside from the irritability, of course, as we've learned. Speaking of that and dizzy, what about uh, heavy breathing and trouble exercising? So that desire to even exercise or when you are exercising, if you're like, Woo, afterwards, that adrenals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, worsened anxiety. Oh, yeah. So if you're someone that's struggling with anxiety, like really making sure that your blood sugar levels are, are even keel can be really, really beneficial for you. Yeah, there's lots there. I mean, these are not isolated to the only, but this is what I see. And how many times do we hear about the thirst? And different, like we know about the nervous. We but hear the, the thirst th- a lot. The th- a lot. The How many times where the clients are like, I, I feel like I can drink six liters of water and I'm still thirsty. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, mm, can we check your calcium and your HTMA? And I'm like, hello. Hello. So these are the types of things we need to look at. We need to understand. So I don't want to cover too many other ones because I like to also throw like those, like thirst and frequent urination because you don't hear those. 
Those no. aren't like, like the irritability are common ones, you know, like, oh, my, I need to eat. I'm not I'm not feeling so good mood wise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the excessive thirst, you know, the big cravings, the the shaking, the sweating, the dizziness, like all of those things. So if these are symptoms that you're dealing with, maybe we should be maybe we can be looking at your blood sugar. And as Chris said, of course, these symptoms aren't isolated just to blood sugar. There could be other things going on that are causing these symptoms. But blood sugar is kind of a a more simple thing that we can really be working on here. So now that we know what blood sugar is, the symptoms that are going to be arising, um, you know, we touched a little bit on how it gets impacted. So this is where not eating meals, so skipping meals is going to be massively impacting your blood sugar. Um, focusing on a lot of refined carbohydrates. So if you're waking up, you're having, you know, you're grabbing a bagel and a coffee with sugar from the coffee shop, um, you know, on your way to work. And then you're having like a granola bar that's at the bottom of your purse because you're working through your lunch. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm starving. I need food now. And then you go to like the, the lunchroom at work and there's a box of muffins. You're like, give me the muffins. And then you go home and you're like, yeah, I'm just, I need something hearty and comforting because I'm so freaking hungry because I've been eating all day. Day, I'm going to have a big a big bowl of white pasta. Like you're just eating refined carb after refined carb after refined carb, and your blood sugar is just going on this roller coaster ride up and down because it can't catch its footing. And all of these food, the refined carbohydrates, you know, the heavy sugars, this is going to be a really really big one for your blood sugar. And another one, which is you know a less common one that you may not think about, is your sleep quality. Mm-hmm. So as Chris said, there's a really big you know, the, when your cortisol gets impacted, it's going to be impacting your blood sugar. So when we sleep, sleeping actually helps to bring your cortisol back down, put your cortisol in a nice and happy spot, which in turn has this wonderful domino effect where your blood sugar is going to get a little bit of love. So if you're not getting the sleep that you need, you know, you're burning the candle at both ends, you're, you're staying up late to watch three episodes of something on Netflix. This is actually <laughs> this going is to, last night. I, I say this my, is last night. <laughs> I say from my experience, my husband and I have been watching watching uh, the last season of Survivor. And I'm like, I need to know. I binged last night, which I don't watch TV often, but I was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> or like how my toddler's going through a two-year sleep regression and I'm so tired right now. My bag's under my eyes. I'm trying not to yawn as we're doing the podcast. So this is going to be impacting your blood sugar. So really when we're looking at it, the I would say the sugars and the sleep, and if you can hear my dogs wrestling in the background, I apologize. <laughs> I would say those are two big ones. Any other ones you want to add in there that are going to be impacting the blood sugar? Intermittent fasting. Oh, and not sleeping. Oh, or Chris, s- you're not going to make friends again. No, no, but it's done properly. So we have That's we do properly. have clients that come in and they're like, I love IF and all of these other things. And I help get them regulated on that because if mm-hmm. it is spiking, and I mean, we can see it in the HTMA, like there's enough information once we validate it to them, then they understand. But because they feel better on IF, because it's their digestion, usually that's off, doesn't feel good, these types of things. So if we're skipping meals or don't eat enough, those are the things. Or if we're going through it, say, a ketogenic diet or a specific carbohydrate diet or whatever, and then we come out of that, the body really struggles. So doing things properly, using food for fuel in the right timelines. 
And I also want to say doing it properly for acne sufferers. Because when you look at intermittent fasting, a lot of the studies that have been done at intermittent fasting involve men. And women are not just smaller men. Like we're we're very we're smaller we have, men. Did you say that? we're not just smaller men? <laughs> but that, like I feel like the medical medical society or system can often look at women that way, where they're just smaller men. But like women have a twenty eight day cycle. Yeah. Men don't have that. We're very different creatures, and fasting, you know, works a little bit differently in women than it does in men. Mm-hmm. So, and especially if you're a woman dealing with chronic acne, intermittent fasting may not be the best route for you. Can it be great in certain instances? Absolutely. When we're working with acne, one, we're making sure that we're fasting correctly. So some ways we can um, you know, better improve fasting for acne sufferers would be to just shorten that window. Instead of doing you know, a 16 and 8, maybe you're going to do a 14 and 10, or maybe you're doing a 12 and 12. Where, I love 12 you know, and 12. Like, I'm, I'm I, a I big 12 component 12 of 12 and 12. Sufferers. Yeah. So if you say like your last meal of the day ends at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., then you would wait 12 hours until you have your next meal, which again allows you because if you know you're working or whatever, you got kids, you're probably going to be waking up around six or seven anyway. So then that way you're able to eat within the first hour, hour and a half of waking up, which is going to really help support your blood sugar. So you're going to be allowed to still get that meal in. And remember, coffee is not a meal. What? I don't know who he needs to hear this, Chris. <laughs> I do. <laughs> coffee is not a meal. <laughs> well, you're like, oh, I, I, I'm just gonna have a cup of coffee for breakfast, and then I'm gonna have a cup of coffee at lunch, and then I'm just gonna eat at dinner time. It's fine. I don't need to eat all day. Right. The other big one I see, and clients are like, oh, "What do you mean, Chris? I should refine the way I exercise." Oh, if don't do it, Chris. I am going there. We're getting lots of eggs at our houses today. Well, no, because I'm the show notes. I'm just gonna put your address. So, <laughs> anyone. That is exercising. One, the quality of your exercise is absolutely going to impact. Now, we want we want you to exercise. We're not saying that. A lot of people do not replenish or repair. So there's replenish, there's repair, repeat, like all of these are words. We need to eat after. However, there's also ways to to regulate that blood sugar and then refuel within a certain time. So what I find is people go and they work out and they do not refuel. Remember, you are putting out energy. You have to get it back or your blood sugar is going to go, and thank you, you're going to use all of your aerobic, which is your glucose, and then you're going to go burn your phosphorus, which is your fats. And then what are you left with? You're left with a cranky 2 p.m. shaky person. Insomnia is a big one too. So, I mean, we talked about that, but the reason why I say insomnia in that 12-12, I love that you mentioned that. I don't want you eating, right? Your core, you know, 23, let's say as an average, 2,300 calories, 2,400 calories in only a four to six hour window if it's up to nine o'clock. I mean, there's, there's purpose for that. So we work with people regardless, but we just do it for them because what's good for you is not going to be good for me. And I know someone's going to ask this question because there's going to be a person that works out listening, thinking, well, Chris, what should I refuel after my workout? So interesting enough, after a workout, I do like a combination of the carbohydrates and protein together. Give us an example. Okay. So an example is... Protein powder, yes. 
I know that's processed. However, if you can find some cleaner ones. Like Genuine Health, Truvani. Yeah, um, I, I like clean those types Yeah, of. those because what it is, it's already pre-done. You shake it in some coconut water with some water. You get it in post-workout and then within an hour, eat your meal. So now you're giving enough of the amino acid complex to replenish and repair and you're not, what happens is people often eat, but your body's already in a stress mode from working out. So it really can't overly digest what it is, but we can take sips, right? And we can get it down within a 10 minute period. You can go, you can shower, you can do all the things, boom, you can eat. I rarely meet people when they start implementing stuff like that that don't want to eat an hour later. They're like, okay, now I'm ready. You're hungry. You are hungry. And the, most people, Katie, oh my gosh, this is a big one. Most people repress their hunger, whether it's because they're busy or they don't have the hunger cues. When you mess with your hormones, you mess with ghrelin, where it says, mm, I'm hungry, and then leptin that says, okay, girl, time to stop, right? And you can throw them off so they don't register properly. So our goal is not to mess with hormones because insulin is a hormone. Mm -hmm. And that's why the blood sugar is so important is everyone's so focused on estrogen and progesterone and testosterone and all those things that they forget there is a slew of other hormones, including insulin, that needs to be very happy in order for your skin to be clear. So when we're looking at, you know, we looked at the lifestyle. So we looked at getting quality sleep, making sure, you know, you're refueling after your workouts making sure that you're not just binging on refined carbohydrates all day and that you're not skipping meals. These are four things that are really going to go a long way for helping to love up your blood sugar. So now that we know what it is, how it gets impacted, the symptoms, let's talk about how it leads to acne because I know there can be a little bit of a disconnect for people, but this is a massive, massive connection. Well, first and foremost, if you have PCOS, you have a blood sugar instability. The end. I mean, and you can go back to the podcast of PCOS, re-listen to this. Last, last season. Last season, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's what happens. We have to get everything into the cells. And it's basically, it kind of stops things going into the cells. Again, it's not removing everything. They'll, they'll, you know, a lot of people come in and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to go on keto. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please don't do that. But I have PCOS. It might not be good for you. <laughs> I have PCOS. And I said, but estrogen does require glucose. So we don't want to throw all of those hormones off. How it relates to acne is essentially, one, we know that we can get an overproduction of sebum and that's going to create the oil. And then if there's any type of bacteria kind of lingering in there because we have stagnant circulation. We have lots of critters in our gut microbiome. But if there's lots of sugars floating, then that sugar can also come to the face. And of course, we have erosion. So what happens? Now we have a bacterial feast as one. Mm -hmm. So that's what I say. That's Mandarin buffet kind of hanging out on the skin. Absolutely. Not just the face, but the back and, and all of these, like wherever yeah. your skin is. Body acne. Yeah. But there's a subtle difference. There's not to confuse it, but there's a mast cell activation too. So the foods we bring in directly impact the acne because if we're constantly sending our soldiers to fight the battle on foods that are supposed to be nutritious for us, then your body doesn't have the time to go and try and repair. So it has all this toxic buildup. And then, hello, we get that again. We get acne. So the foods we choose single-handedly impact our blood sugar, like hands down. We can say that. 
Absolutely. Like the, the foods we were eating hands down is impacting our blood sugar. And as you said, when we are consuming those high glycemic foods, the sugary treats, refined carbs, processed snacks, that there's that rapid spike in blood sugar levels, which triggers the release of insulin. You know, your hormone regulates your blood sugar. And that excess insulin production actually leads to inflammation and stimulates the production of sebum in the skin. And sebum is that oily, sticky substance that clogs our pores that leads to breakouts. So this excess sebum, along with the inflammation, really creates like a perfect breeding ground for acne. Mm-hmm. It just is like, hello, I'm going to pop up on the skin. So we really, really want to be helping to get that blood sugar in control. I'm going to open Pandora's box here for a second. Oh, no. I know. I hate when you do I this. Know, I know, I know, So where are you going? Fa- I think I know. <laughs> Fats do not affect blood sugar. They are neutral. They help slow down the impact. Carbohydrates, big spike. Proteins, this is where Pandora's box comes in because proteins do have a bit of sugar. So a lot of people going into, if they can't digest, assimilate their protein, this is where it becomes a problem for acne sufferers because we are fueling the sugar-like boat. That's why we work so hard on digestion. So you come into the Clear Skin Solution, you're like, I heard your podcast and you said, proteins. And Chris, now I've gone plant-based. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we have to get the body to break down these macronutrients. That's first and foremost. And we have to understand the difference between carbohydrates and fibers. So once you really master that, and we spend a lot of time inside the program doing that. Once you master- Absolutely. Oh, like- and clients can get a little annoyed with us at times because they're like, why are we, I just want to go on to the detoxes and I want to do the this and I want to do the this. And we're like, no, we can't move on. If your calcium and magnesium are off balance, if you're showing an acidic-like pattern, if you're showing vanadium and chromium in insufficiencies, there is no way I am going to throw you in immediately into a therapeutic because we're going to start regulating this. Either that or you are going to feel so terrible and your acne, again, now Mandarin's open 24 hours and it's only $5 and you don't have to leave, (laughs) right? So you just keep feeding, you keep feeding those opportunistic triggers and then your acne, you're like, why, what's going on here? How come? How come? And some people do get a regression in their skin because the body starts to detoxify. It's normal. Don't panic. Mm -mm. It's very, very normal to have flares of symptoms, including acne, when your body's working to get its footing back. So don't freak out and stop. Right. So essentially what we do with blood sugar is we want to manage out that hyperglycemia and hypoglycemia. So really that's just the rise and fall drastically of your blood sugar. And that's going to go with your mood, your energy, everything. So remember that all those symptoms give us information of what's going on in the body. If we don't regulate it over a very long period of time, yeah, that's when we go into the disease disorder and illnesses. So just to be very clear, because I want to be very clear on that, Um, but we need the body to receive all of this stuff. Your energy process does need glucose. That's how ATP is created. But we need the right glucose in the right amounts at the right times. And that's what we're really going to start balancing things out at. So... Now I want to talk to 
more in depth on how we can be supporting it through the protein, fiber, fats, give some examples, talk about the lifestyle habits, that type of thing. And I also want to talk about, maybe we should go here first, because I know when people are learning about blood sugar and they're like, but Chris, at the beginning that you said blood sugar can get impacted by fruits or refined carbohydrates. So let's explain Mm -hmm. the difference between fruits and refined carbohydrates when it comes to your blood sugar and how we can still be, of course, enjoying fruits because we don't want to give up fruits altogether. They're a wonderful source of so many nutrients. And your liver for all, you know, for everybody that wants the detox, right? They always, why can't I do the detox? Your liver relies on fruits, certain fruits at certain times. So please just don't go and throw everything out of your diet. When we come to fruits, the difference is fruits have fiber when in whole foods, because I'm not talking about that juice. But it says 100% apple juice, not the same. We need the fiber because the fiber, there's different types, cellulose, hemicellulose. That one either gets broken down and helps say our immune system, helps our body, or feeds the beneficial bacteria in cellulose because it can't be broken down. Think of celery. Mm-hmm. Celery is just like opportunistic bacteria, like, mm, yeah. Mm. And if you're constipated, because when you have blood sugar instability and it is massive, you are going to go through bowel in- inconsistency for sure. And like something like raspberries, raspberries are a lovely source of fiber. One cup has about eight grams of fiber in one cup. And we really love our clients to be getting about the 35 to 45 gram range per day to be helping with those bowel movements. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to give it up. That's just, again, I just want to say that very clear. So raspberries, strawberries, blueberries, even pears, apples, apples, green are better. So remember this, bitter to the tongue, the liver loves. So the liver loves bitter. Bitter. And it has less sugar. If there is an apple that says honey crisp, uh, what are other ones? There's so many. I love a honey crisp, Chris. Okay. What's what does honey signify? I know, I know they're sweeter. They are sweeter they apples. They are sweeter. So they're love gonna, a good honey so crisp. So if you though. are trying to regulate it, oh, here's something for everybody. Take a green apple, cut it in half, slice it, core it, and then sprinkle a tiny little bit of sea salt on it. Chris's new snack. No, I've been doing this since I was a kid. It it it's how it stimulates your mouth, and then you don't crave more sugar later because you have your sweet and your salty together, right? Sweet and salty, sweet salty, I love sweet, salty combi. Who doesn't love some adrenal love there? So when we're looking at other foods, mm-hmm. of course, we've already mentioned it is protein, fiber, and fat. And if you followed me on Instagram for any length of time, you've probably heard about me talk about PFS. That is your blood sugar's best friend. PFF is short for protein, fiber, fats, and healthy fats. And eating these together really goes a long way for helping to support your blood sugar. It helps to give you that nice kind of even keel flow throughout the day. So when we're looking at that, like the protein is really, really important because as Chris mentioned, it provides our body with all of those amino acids, which are really the building blocks that repair, that build our muscles, our organs, our, our bones. And protein is also a very big nutrient, very important for hormone production. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really important for healthy skin. Hello, acne sufferers, healthy hair, healthy nails. And, you know, we want to be helping to stabilize our blood sugar with protein. 
And protein's also great because it's going to be helping with the production of collagen, which is going to maintain the structural elasticity in our skin. So not only is it going to be loving up your, your blood sugar, but it has all of these other great qualities that are going to be great for your blood sugar. And long goes the days where you think it's protein is for muscles. Absolutely it is. But it, like you said, it's our communication device. This is how the, everything communicates. So neurotransmitters. How many people with acne suffer with some form of, one, depression and or anxiety? Oh, my gosh. The, the bulk majority. So the bulk majority. Protein yeah. is a key player in this. So when you're like, um, Chris, protein breaks down in sugar because that's what you said. Aha. We need to get it to digest, emulsify, assimilate, and then we're good. Because mm -hmm. so, some people are like, I can't eat protein because it makes me bloated or it makes me nauseous. I feel sick. And we, yeah. and we have to remember that protein is essential for life and it is the number one nutrient, macronutrient, that we see clients coming in not eating enough of, like not even close to eating enough of. Of course, there's going to be the few and far between. I don't want to say every, nobody does. There's a, a, good, mm -hmm. a good group that does. But the vast majority aren't getting enough protein in their day. And when we're looking at the amount of protein, in an ideal world, we would love a client to be in the 80 to 100 grams of protein per day. But if you're nowhere near that, don't be like, oh my God, I need to wake up tomorrow and eat 100 grams of protein. Oh, please don't. We want to, <laughs> yeah, please don't because you won't feel well. Yeah, you'll probably feel constipated. <laughs> don't do We want to be making sure you're slowly increasing to get you up into that optimal range. And when we're looking at the types of protein, is this is where quality really comes into play. Is you want to be able to eat the best quality proteins that you can afford for your budget. So if you can afford, you know, grass-fed, pasture-raised, amazing. But don't think that just because you can't afford it, oh my God, I shouldn't be eating it. Like I still want you to be getting really great protein. So if you do eat, you know, animal proteins, that's chicken and turkey and, you know, eggs. Uh, I know you're like, but I thought eggs cause acne. Nope. And I would say... <laughs> It can cause a food intolerance clients. and a food, yeah, intolerance, food intolerance, but it doesn't mean that it's 100% acne stimulating or promoting. Yeah, because the majority of our clients eat eggs, no problem without getting any flares. It's generally coming down to either the quality of the egg that they're eating or it being an intolerance. Um, other things like, you know, wild game. Maybe, you know, we have a lot of clients who hunt or their spouses are hunters. Uh, wild fish or maybe you're plant-based. So you're going to be looking at the lentils, legumes, the nuts, the seeds, the quinoa, um, you know, all of those things that are going to be offering you a really lovely protein source. Absolutely. Those are great. We need to get them in. A lot of people, the reason why you are under protein is because simply you have not been taught. That's it. You haven't been taught to do it because I can leave my house in my car and less than a kilometer and I live in the sticks, right? So that just means like lots of trees around me, <laughs> small town. Also living in the country, also in a right? small town. So like when we look at that, I, in less than a kilometer and I don't have a whole ton in my town, you can't blink because you will miss the town. What do they have? Six food establishments, one being a grocery store, but I still have to qualify that as a source to get food in. That is a lot. It's so accessible. So it's easier to go through that drive through It's easier to pick up something. It's all of these things. So when you learn to do it at home, it also becomes easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And trying out new recipes, right, is sometimes we just get stuck in this rut of eating the same 12 recipes, six recipes, week, like day in and day out. And we start to get bored with it. And, and it's just, it's not fun anymore. So if that's you and you're like, girl, like same, I am getting bored with my food. I love going on, you know, Pinterest and just typing in like, say I'm like chicken recipe, or like you can do keywords like dairy-free chicken or paleo chicken, whatever that, mm-hmm. that may be. And it's going to give you new recipes. You're like, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. Of course, you can head over to our blog at katiestewartwellness.com because we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recipes there as well. But just, you know, making it a little more exciting can really get you interested in eating those proteins again. So we did protein. Let's move into our good friend, fiber. Now, fiber is, that, is also a form of a carbohydrate, but it travels through your body undigested, right? It kind of acts like the broom in your body, sweeping everything up and, and having it stick. So fiber is really going to be great for helping to regulate your bowel movements. And outside of helping stabilize your blood sugar, as we mentioned, it's going to be really great for helping improve bowel movements. And remember, we need to be having healthy bowel movements every single day, one to three times a day. A healthy bowel movement is one long, smooth, snake-like movement, uh, You know, minimal cracking, no straining. You're not in the bathroom for 20 minutes, nice and easy bowel movement. That's what we're looking for. And when we do that, that's going to be helping to removing that acne-triggering waste, the toxins, the microbes, the excess estrogens, the yeast, the fungus out of the body, which contributes to acne. So really making sure we're eating a diet that has both soluble and insoluble fiber is going to be regulating the blood sugar. It's going to be keeping us feeling satiated so we're feeling fuller for longer, supporting a good healthy microbiome is going to be helping to keep that balance in check. So we really love, Chris, for our clients to get 35 to 45 grams of fiber every day. So what would you say? Because we already talked about some. You know, we talked about the pears, the raspberries, the apples. What would be some other examples of fiber that you love? Well, you're going to read it everywhere. Green leafy veg. Anything, here's the thing. Anything green is going to have higher chlorophyll. Chlorophyll is a blood tonifier, like cleanser. We don't want to go too, too excessive because it's also higher in copper. And we know copper in acne sufferers can be a little bit controversial. So uh, flaxseed, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds for, you know, all those seed-like almonds, avocados. I know avocado is a fat, but it's a fiber. Yeah. I love a, an avocado because you'll find that a lot of foods could be like a fiber and a fat or they're a protein fiber and fat. Mm-hmm. Like think of nut, nuts and seeds have protein fiber and fats in them. Avocados, fiber and fats, or say like a wild salmon, you're going to be getting fats and protein. So you can see how they're kind of can be multi-purpose as well. Even sweet potatoes, because people are like, oh, I can't be on, but sweet potatoes, purple potatoes have the lowest glycemic out of all. They're quite delish. So these types of foods all kind of correlate. I mean, it's easy to type in. For people trying to regulate blood sugar, go to low glycemic foods. I mean, you can pull up a thousand different things and they're all, this one says this and this one says this. So it's like people take the ones they want. Mm -hmm. But if we can get the plants in, the plants is where the fiber is. Remember, this is not juice. But Chris, I juice, I juice. Juicing by the actual definition, is still not the same as juice and still not the same as fiber. Mm -hmm. Okay. So So making sure we're getting the whole foods, right? Then that's like 
Other ones would be Brussels sprouts if you can digest them. Oh, yeah. Beets, which your liver loves. Broccoli, artichoke. Your liver also loves artichoke. Uh, strawberries, lentils and the beans, the legumes, like those uh, vegan sources of protein are going to be great for your fiber. Quinoa, you know, the you said the sweet potato, coconut flour is a great source of fiber. Quinoa, squash, like there's so many wonderful foods we can be incorporating that are going to be helping fill that fiber component. So it's just learning to balance it, right? Yeah, learning to balance it in the right way. Okay, so I have to tell you something. Oh, what are you going to tell me? Today for breakfast, so Steve does breakfast, right? And today for breakfast, he did an apple crisp. So I said, okay, because I know, I know, think about apple crisp, right? Mm -hmm. This is higher sugar. Yes, dessert. I got one on the blog. Oh, no, no, it gets better, Katie. You're going to enjoy this. Oh, it gets better. And I said, oh, so we're having dessert for breakfast. And he goes, it's on Katie's blog. So Katie's blog qualifies as anything at any point in time, whenever. That is the funniest because Steve and I are best friends for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, Steve <laughs> and, and Steve I. doesn't know either, but now does. <laughs> yeah, we're best friends. That is so funny. I love that. And I literally was like, oh, we have one on the blog. Uh, of course you do because I'm eating it this morning. You, you had it for breakfast this morning. And, and what was your verdict? What was your review of it? It's delish. Now, I'm uber, you know me with blood sugar because I have the hashi and everything like that. So everything gets halved. So if you say, oh, Oh, take this amount of whatever, I always half it. So I know there was some raw honey in there. I saw that. You can easily half the raw honey or, or, or change it up. That's what I love about the recipes on the blog is you can you can make it your own. If you want less sweetness, you can half that. If you want more spices, it's it's easy to do. So it is really an apple crumble. Like it crumbles. So you have to take a spoon and he looks at me and goes, if you just let me use the amount of sugar Katie said, it probably would stick together. And I said, I think you should try it. And he tried it. He goes, oh, that's so good. He goes, okay, we don't need the extra sugar. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because the apple crisp on the blog is meant to be a dessert, but that's okay. If you want to have her breakfast, just do a little bit less honey. You know, you're getting some fiber and you're getting some apple and some cinnamon and spices in there. So I love that. So just thought I would share that my, my, anything that comes from your blog is, is, is free, fair game. It doesn't matter. We can can eat it for breakfast. So let's not talk about the protein gingerbread cookies for breakfast, (laughs) the protein fat and fiber that goes out the window. (laughs) So funny. Now, Let's move into fats because they're a good one. I love I love healthy fats. They're probably one of my favorites to eat because they're so delish. And healthy fats are another thing that are so crucial for hormone production, hormone balancing, stabilizing that blood glucose, helping to reduce your stress hormones. And another one, which you may not know, is it's really good for uh, skin hydration. Absolutely. Great for skin hydration and plays a really big role in reducing inflammation. And what's great is... They're also going to be enhancing the absorption of those fat-soluble nutrients. So we have nutrients that absorb better with fat. So those are going to be vitamins A, D, E, and K. So let's say, you know, you're somebody that takes vitamin D, having it with a meal that has fats in it can um, help for a better absorption. Yeah, if vitamin F, so that's for the essential fatty acids, they have their own beautiful omega-3, omega-6 complex in there. So when you eat it, the absorbability is bioavailable. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fish girl, 
wish I was. But man. I like a good fish once in a while. Like, <sighs> I, I, it has to be the right salmon. <sighs> has to be the right fish. Yuck. I'll go with like MCT oil, coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil. You know, avocado the nuts. Oil. Yeah, the nuts and the seeds or the, even the avocado. I do love, if I'm <laughs> going to put something in, I do love to use the avocado where I can because it's the whole mm-hmm. food. Like, you know, that we're the same there. Mm-hmm. But that helps just maintain that. I have a little school of thought. Nuts are higher in fats and seeds are higher in protein. Not excessively, but if you're looking, you're like, oh, how can I manage and balance a little bit more? If you break that up, that's helpful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I always add nuts and seeds to my salads. You know, I'll put them. You can even be putting nuts or seeds on things like green beans, like broccoli. Mm. You know, doing different like uh, slivered almonds or crushed pecans, crushed walnuts. Like I'm always adding something like that as a topper on top of vegetables and salads. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please, please. Quality in your fats matter over quantity. Mm. This is hands down. If you are keeping your oils beside your stove or in the heat or exposed to light, get them out of there because they're going to oxidize. Any extra, I mean… I have two fridges, but I mean, hello, I came from food service, so (laughs) I need two fridges. I keep the extra oils in the fridge. I keep my nuts and seeds in the freezer. These types of things are important. I pull out what we need to pull out, but please, time, light, and air will directly, and heat will directly impact the quality of your oils. Don't leave them out. Please put them in a cool dark container. That's how we want to buy them. Really do your research around your healthy fats because either that or it can create oxidation in the body. And now we're just overdrive everything. And if your body is oxidating, we just created an, again, we, now we just brought out a new dish at the buffet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's really important because your your nuts and seeds and oils can go rancid without you tasting it on your like the mm-hmm. untrained palate. So being able to, like Chris just said, is I take out the the uh, oil that I'll need for say the week, and I'll keep it in a dark jar um, on the counter because of course it'll get really hard right. in the fridge. Yeah. And then I'll keep the the leftover because if I shop at Costco, I get a liter avocado oil. I'm not going to be going through that in a week. And I'll be like all of my nuts and seeds are kept in in jars, glass jars in the fridge, and then. Any of the extras that I know I won't be getting to within, say, you know, a couple of weeks, they get stored in the deep freeze. So that way they they don't go rancid. So even things like nut butters, if you're not going through your nut butters quickly, keeping them in the fridge as well can be really, really helpful. And then, and like I said, just taking out what, what you need for the, the week's use. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at those fats, um, we also want to be looking at, are we, as Chris is going to get so excited when I say this, are we emulsifying and absorbing our fats properly? Because this is a really big issue is we see clients not breaking our fats down. So we want to be making sure that we are able to absorb all of these wonderful nutrients that we're eating. That's pivotal for people with acne. Pivotal. We have to be emulsifying, so breaking down our fats. If not, how the heck do you ever expect your sex hormones to do what you need them to do? Your cholesterol is a major, major, major component, and that just brings down to how it creates bile. Vitamin D, how many people are vitamin D deficient? I always say, um, can we start looking at the pathways? And then when I teach clients those pathways, or when I'm teaching at the school, they're like, oh, 
Yeah, your body's connected. Please don't isolate it, right? But the other thing right in that cholesterol pathway is your sex hormones. So it does not essentially mean that you have to have poor cholesterol because that's housed in the liver, but it means that if you can't detoxify, your cholesterol can suffer and you can have all the beautiful, beautiful lab levels that you want. But I'll tell you, control the blood sugar and then we don't have to really worry about cholesterol that much. Mm -hmm. And when we're looking at things like the ketogenic diet, it can be great for certain people. There's instances where a ketogenic diet is incredible. However, if you're not properly emulsifying your fats, the ketogenic diet can actually may lead to a disruption of your hormones. You know, it could be altering testosterone. It could be impacting digestion. So this is where maybe the keto diet may not be good for you. Mm -hmm. And so, Chris, what would you say? Because I know somebody's going to ask, well, how can I make sure that I'm breaking my fats down better? So I'll use gunk. If the gunk in your eyes is that yellow or that greenish, that's another indication. Not just that, but what if your skin is dehydrated and you're drinking all the water? Or what if you have an over oil production? I've seen people on keto and their skin is super, super shiny. At that point, we were able to isolate that was overconsumption of fats. You can overconsume your fats because the body has to break it down. Those are just high level. And I think I'm going to hold there because, you know, I'm going to open another box and then you're going to send me mail. So, Well, it's hard though, right? Because it's hard to give, say, you just need to take this supplement or this digestive aid because you really need to see what's happening underneath the surface of the skin with something like a hair trace or an analysis to see what's the proper route for you to take in order to make sure you're breaking it down, you're absorbing, and all of those wonderful things. So I'll say this though. Any client oh, that you, I know, well, tidbit. Any client she's that I know, including my daughter, because she's a they're all they're teens, so one of my children, they are on a fat emulsification supporting hormone. I am. It's a part of mine because I can't break down my fats because my body is too slow. If we have slow metabolism, if you're struggling to lose the weight, if you have cholesterol, I guarantee you it's all hands down in here. But for my family, absolutely. it's Which is what? Someone's going to ask. Which is, I'm just trying to lessen my DMs. What do you mean? Which <laughs> is what? For what? What you and the girls are taking. I don't want to go there. I know she doesn't she doesn't like to share because then she's going to get a whole slew of clients be like, "Do I need to take?" I I don't like because you know what? People go out and they buy it and they don't take it right. Mm-hmm. And that's when it comes to the fat emulsification, I really would love you to go to balance your proteins, your fats and your fibers first. Then 100% I'll share with you. I, I like if clients are working, I tried everybody. I tried for you hard. I have ever, no, I won't. Okay, this is a hard no. This is a hard no. I, I know, can't. I know. It was, <laughs> I can't. That's the thing is, as practitioners, it's so difficult because I get this often where people in my DMs like, Katie, what supplement should I take? Katie, like, what should I do here? And like, my answer is going to be, I don't know because I don't know your file. I don't know your labs. I don't know what's happening in your body. And this is where we have to remember that our health is unique. Mm-hmm. And it is not going to be identical to the next person. We have to remember that the foods, the supplements, the things that we're supposed to be doing needs to be tailored to the individual. And I think where a lot of people get this mentality that there's like a one magic bullet is often that Western medicine, right? Is like, oh, you have an infection, just take an antibiotic. Oh, you have high blood pressure, just take this medication. Works for everybody. 
So I think that's where that disconnect really comes in. So just remembering that you are a bio-unique individual and you need something specific to you in your body. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, everyone, but I I just can't. Like, if you don't have a gallbladder, I'll tell you, you're not emulsifying your fats. It's pretty simple, right? This can also work differently in the bodies, and we take things at different times for different purpose. So this one's a little bit too close to home. Too tricky. Too tricky. Too tricky. So then That's what okay. do we do? So we've discovered how to, what it is, like we know what blood sugar is. We know how it impacts. We know how it leads to acne or those triggers that causes. Oh, we, didn't, we didn't share all of the sources of the healthy fats first, right? Because, and I also wanted to touch we on, I don't know. I don't think so, uh-huh. but I want to go through them okay. because there's also a specific type of fat that I would love acne sufferers to be eating more of, and that's omega-3 essential fatty acids. Uh-huh. And they're called essential fatty acids because they they our body can't produce them. They have to come from food. They're essential that we get them. And these are powerhouses for reducing inflammation, mm-hmm. which is incredible for acne sufferers. It's also going to be protecting collagen, and it's also working to strengthen your skin barrier. And so many acne sufferers have a disrupted skin barrier from the overuse of products, of harsh ingredients, of the more is more mentality when it comes to skincare. So we want to be making sure we're getting a good amount of omega-3s. And Chris, I want you to also touch on omega-6s because I think this is a really confusing one for people because you hear villainized on social media. It's like, okay, you can't have any omega-6s. You can't have uh, any this, any that. So clear that up for everybody. Well, omega-6s, you're going to find nuts and seeds in there too. So it's not about that. We need a two-to-one ratio. So omega-6s is supposed to be two omega-3s to one. And then everyone's like, well, Katie, why are you pushing omega-3s? Because in our society, we are roughly 18 to one, meaning 18 ratio to omega-6s. And that becomes pro-inflammatory. And that's where we get all the cascade of the symptoms. So what does that tell us? We push our body into an inflammatory process. You know, hydrogenated oils, uh, rancid oils, like even though they're whole and we think we're doing a great job, the fact is that all of these things correlate. So please do not villainize omega-6s. We need them and we need them in our body more than we need omega-3s. The reason is, is because we have to get them one through food. That's why they're called essential. And two, we tend to overeat the sixes because they're just like delish. All the bad things and go they're, under. They're everywhere in our society, right? Like sunflower oil, safflower oil, canola. Canola. Those are cheap. Canola, it goes into the three. And there's some that have both, right? Mm-hmm. So just like like walnuts. Walnuts. Walnuts will have yes. both. Like walnuts are, are much higher in omega-6s than they are threes, but we still want to be getting walnuts because those that's a good source of omega-6. So we just want to be making sure we're, we're still getting some omega-6s in that two-to-one yes. ratio, but the omega-6s that we're looking at are the non-refined. Like we're, we don't want to be having refined canola oil, refined vegetable no oil. No drive-through. We want to be get, <laughs> yeah, no drive-through. We want to be getting our omega-6s from things like walnuts and pecans and poppy seeds. Right. And we and that is the source that we can look at. And when we balance our stuff, it's great. You start to feel better. The oil production starts, to, you know, your skin gets less oily, you know, but again, it, then it can go super dehydrated. So it just means that we haven't found the right ratio. And again, back to emulsification. 
And then when we're looking at just sources of, ha- of healthy fats in general, that would be cold water fatty fish. So think wild salmon, mackerel, sardines, anchovies, the nuts and seeds that we've been talking about, walnuts, chia seeds, flax, hemp seeds, pumpkin seeds, avocado is another lovely fat, anything coconut. Uh, and then our cold pressed oil. So your extra virgin olive oil, your coconut, your avocado, your sesame and your flax. And we don't always say yes to this, but ghee like or grass fed butter for the people. If you tolerate that, it. Yes. And many acne sufferers, this is again, this is going to get daggers. Many acne sufferers cannot break it down at the beginning because it's a fat emulsification. Doesn't mean forever. It means for now. So if you're like, well, are you going to remove this? No, it's not that we're removing. What we're doing is refining the way you're eating, balancing out this blood sugar, supporting the biosynthesis in the body so that your body can start doing it by itself. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. So now that we've gone through examples, let's kind of give some ideas of what could be eaten together for that protein, fiber, and fat. Now, I'm going to link our blog on this below so that way you have a, a really good reference thing to go back to. So some things you'd be doing, say, for breakfast, you could be doing scrambled eggs with some sautéed vegetables like kale, peppers, onion, whatever you love, and some avocado. You're getting your protein, fiber, and healthy fats. Eat your eggs, you know, scrambled. You want them in a, a an omelet, however. Um, maybe you're going to be doing a smoothie. You know, the sunshine smoothie on our blog is uh, really popular. Making sure that you're having, um, you know, putting, you could be putting some zucchini in there, some hemp parts. You're going to be putting maybe your protein powder of choice. You can be putting flaxseed, chia yeah, seeds, yeah. hemp, hemp like parts. That. Hemp parts. Yeah, I said hemp parts. Oh. So those are some, I, I'm going to try to give. An <laughs> I'll start paying attention. <laughs> And a vegan option. So those could be some breakfast ideas. Maybe at lunch, you're going to be doing like a hearty chili. You could be doing a beef chili. You could be Mm -hmm. doing a vegetarian chili. Maybe you're doing like quinoa and and beans and vegetables with like, um, I have an almond butter dressing on the blog as well. Maybe you're doing some roasted tempeh and some sweet potatoes, or, you know, maybe you're doing like a chicken salad. That way we're getting the, like the protein, the fiber and the fats. And then dinner, Again, you could be doing like a roasted chicken, a turkey, whatever that protein of choice is. Maybe you're doing some brown rice, some asparagus. You can be putting a little pesto on there. I love adding pesto to vegetables because mm-hmm. it just gives it another flavor to really make them more palatable. Um, I have an awesome butternut squash pasta on the blog. Again, all of this is linked in the show notes. Falafel. I love a falafel. Maybe you're going to be having it with some cucumber, tomatoes, arugula, put some like creamy garlic tahini on there, maybe a Mediterranean pasta salad. Like there's all of these ways we you can have get to stop talking. <laughs> I know I'm getting hungry. I'm, I'm getting like, hungry. Shoot. I'm making falafels for dinner. I'm putting like some tzatziki on the side. What about your chickpea omelet that, you, mm, you know, oh, the chickpea omelet that's coming on the blog. I've been obsessed with that chickpea omelet lately mm-hmm. and snack wise. So snacks, one of my favorite personal snacks. Actually, yesterday, Jackson, my seven-year-old's like, mommy, what's your favorite? Drink your favorite food, your favorite snack. <laughs> I was like, matcha, obviously, lasagna for my food, which is on my blog. And my third is hummus. I love uh, hummus. Other I have it with cucumbers. Um, maybe you can do like some avocado with it. You could be doing different crackers. Like I love a Simple Mills cracker, delish, because I love doing it with plantain chips as well crunchy roasted chickpeas. Maybe you're doing like a chia seed pudding. You're doing, oh, I have a lovely morning glory muffin. 
Sorry, I'm just like listing out all of the recipes I could think of. Again, you have to stop talking. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I'm just going to cut the day short today and go and make a bunch of snacks. Just watch your portion sizes too, right? Mm-hmm. Smaller amounts per day, even natural sweeteners because you didn't really talk about those. So we're pretty good for oh, that. Oh, natural sweeteners. Yeah. Let's talk about those real quick. Like raw honey. Um, Stevie is kind of getting a bad rap right now. It be, It's because they've learned how to refine it. Mm. So just – Food industry ruining everything. Please before? be careful. So do your homework. So, you know, dates – that can be okay. They're spiking, but again, we've got that fiber. And, you know, two dates in an entire recipe is way different than Steve is reading me this recipe and he's like, okay, it calls for a cup of brown sugar, then two tablespoons of maple sugar, sugar, then two dates. And I said, rush me to the ER. That's a lot of sugar all That's at once. That's a lot of sugar. I mean, but it yields 12 yeah, what? Do I eat one at a time? No. Raw honey. That Now, that is good because, again, the enzymes. Blackstrap molasses, here nor there. Some people agree. Some people don't. If it's pure and it's good sourced, pure maple syrup. That's what I love about being mm. Canadian. That's some, Honestly, uh, like, do you know Wedding Crashers where Vince Vaughn's like, I love a little maple syrup. Put some in my hair to keep up. What do you think it keeps up for the morning? Slick. I'm like, that is me. Like, I love a maple syrup. I really Katie do. just has an IV. <laughs> A maple syrup IV. I, I think it's, yeah, it's one of my, I would say raw honey maple syrup are the two that I use most. I Same. use, you know, if I'm baking something, um, maybe coconut sugar, medjool dates, or if I'm looking for something that has no glycemic impact, I would opt for a monk, monk fruit, fruit. Yeah. and a, a pure monk fruit, not one that's cut with erythritol because erythritol may cause bloating and digestive issues in some people and acne sufferers struggle with digestion enough as it is. So a pure monk fruit, um, a raw honey, a maple syrup, a coconut sugar, medjool date, I would say those would be the ones that I would reach for. Because again, we don't want to be getting rid of all sweetness in life. And if you go back to last season, we had uh, my lovely, lovely friend and former mentor, Julie Daniluk, on the podcast to talk about how to be breaking up with sugar. So that was last season. You'll see it become like sugar-free with Julie Daniluk. Um, So that would be another one to to go listen to. And as you're learning, start reading labels. That's how you train yourself. So watch for these keywords, and they're tricky. Beet sugar, beet juice. Beets are good, right? Evaporated cane syrup, evaporated cane juice. High fructose corn syrup. That is the death of the whole nation right there. I'm I'm going that bold. Fructose, dextrose, we have to watch how they're called disaccharides, how disaccharides are used because the body has to break them down. Just Google. Go to Google. Type in names for sugar. There'll be like, it's like dozens and dozens and dozens because the marketers get really clever and they name it something else. Yeah. Last time was 77. At my last time I did that was 77. Yeah. So just go and Google it because we wouldn't be able to cover them all. All right. So we've already spent a full hour on blood sugar. So I just want to do a quick summary so that way you guys can leave with some some tactics in place. So we want to be making sure that we're eating breakfast within about 60 to 90 minutes of waking up. If you practice intermittent fasting, maybe try reducing that time to a 12 and 12 uh, window, which is actually called time-restricted eating. Don't skip meals. Making sure that you're having nourishment throughout the day. Coffee is not a meal. If you are having coffee or say a matcha, have that after you've had a meal with protein, fiber, and fat. Really make sure that you're chewing slowly. Chew slowly. Pay attention to those hunger cues. 
So that way we're not overeating. Regular exercise where we're refueling after, you know, incorporating those stress management techniques, getting some quality sleep, and having the protein, fiber, and fats at every meal will go a really long way for helping to love up your blood sugar and love up your skin. All right, Chris, that's it for this week. Next week, we're talking about food sensitivities and intolerances and how they're impacting skin. So we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Clear Skin Chronicles. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Remember to subscribe to the show and drop us a review. Sending glowing vibes your way, Katie and Chris.